Hello, and welcome to the weekly sermon podcast of Harvest Church here in Elk Grove. We're excited to have you join us as we share God's message of hope and love. Each week, we bring you a new message from our pastors and guest speakers designed to inspire, uplift your spirits, and challenge you. Whether you're listening on your commute, at home, or on a walk, we hope these messages will bring you closer to God and help you on your faith journey. So without further ado, let's listen in. If you have your Bibles, you can go to Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30. I want to continue my message entitled The Principles of Prayer. This is part two to the principles of prayer. Father, right now, in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, I pray for your grace and your anointing to be upon Harvest Church, God. I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive what the spirit of the living God is saying to us that we might turn and be healed. I pray, Father, that you would open up the ears of your people, Father God, to receive divine impartation and instructions, Father. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing, and we thank you for what you will continue to do, Lord God, in this season, in this hour. You've established the word of God in the heavens. Now we ask you to establish it in our hearts, Lord God. Let the the Holy Spirit breathe life and speak to us, Father God, in such a way that we will move forward with the objectives and the agenda of heaven and that we would be your resource, Father God, your tools, your vessels here in the earth to glorify you and to exalt your name and to execute the purposes in the agenda of heaven. We love you, we thank you, and we praise you in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all of God's people said. Amen and amen. Thank you. So the title of this message, this is part two of the principles of prayer. And I specifically want to focus on the principle of intercession. Look at someone around you and say, you must be an intercessor. That was pretty good. Look at someone on the other side. Say, you must be an intercessor. The word or the definition of intercession is this. Intercession is the act of intervening on behalf of another. It is the act of intervening on behalf of another. When we speak of intercession, we are talking about the followers of Christ interceding on behalf of a person, a city, a state, or a nation before God. The intercessors intervene so that God might change what he is determined to do as a result of the sins or the misdeeds of the offending party. When we intercede, we cause the original consequences that the offending party deserves to shift to a more favorable outcome from God and the potential change in the offending party's behavior. So when we talk about being an intercessor, it's one who stands in the gap, one who comes in the middle, and they plead before God on behalf of humanity. And they say, God, we know that this is what humanity deserves because of their sin, their rebellion, and their disobedience. But Lord, we are standing in the gap, pleading and crying out to you, asking you for your mercy and your grace on the people. And when intercessors begin to rise up, intercessors are the few individuals on planet earth that have the power to shift and turn the mind, the plans, and the purposes of God. I'm going to come down to you today. I'm going to speak to you today, amen? 
Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30 says this. I believe this is the greatest scripture to define the power and the impact of an intercessor. I'm going to say this and I'm going to be a little bit strong here. Do I have your permission to keep it 100 with you today? Yeah. All right, now, if you, if you don't, just wave your hand and say, Pastor, don't tell me the truth. Don't, don't tell me, lie to me, Pastor. Anybody? I could. Okay, all right, so all of you want the truth. Yeah. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. We need to learn how to shut our mouths and stop complaining about situations and intercede and stand in the gap and shift the situation. I'm going to say that again. We need to shut our mouths and stop complaining about the situation, intercede, stand in the gap, and shift and change the situation. Because an intercessor has authorized authority here on the earth to plead before heaven that has the power to shift what happens on the earth and cause God to come into the earthly situation and turn it completely around. And when an intercessor fails in their job, in their assignment, then people, cities, states, nations suffer because the intercessor is not taking up their post and doing what God has called, anointed, and created them to do. The church is the number one intercessor on planet earth. So goes the church, so goes society. As go the church, so goes society. When the church fails in this assignment, then society goes to hell in a handbasket. But when the church stands strong in this assignment, then society must shift because the intercessors have stepped in and caused there to be a dynamic turn and change in the outcome of what's happening in society. I'm not asking society to get better. I'm asking the saints to start praying more so that society can come under the influence of heaven. I'm not complaining about what the governor and what the, the legislation and the senators are doing. I'm on my knees saying, Lord, turn their hearts. Proverbs says the heart of the king is in his hand and he has the power to turn it wherever he wants. Don't you think that the governor is in his mansion, that the Holy Ghost can't come visit him at night in dreams and visions? He can come to him and speak to him like he spoke to Nebuchadnezzar and say, it's time to turn the laws and the legislation favorably towards me the Bible says that Nebuchadnezzar was the greatest king in all of history he had the greatest authority and power of any king that existed throughout history and God visited Nebuchadnezzar and he used Daniel and the three Hebrew friends to shift the destiny of a nation because God is greater than the wicked legislation of a government leader, king, or official. Amen. So it's time to stop complaining and start praying. It's time to stop murmuring and start fasting. 
It's time to stop griping and start interceding. It's time to stop sitting back saying, oh, woe is California, woe is the church, woe is the Christian community, and say, no, devil, not on our watch. We're going to rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and take authority over what's happening in this state, and we're going to push you back to the pillar hell that you've sent these demonic agendas because we have been authorized by heaven with the anointing of the Holy Ghost through prayer, through intercession, to shift what's happening on the west coast many years ago you always faced with was it prop eight proposition eight the whole country all over the united states the christian community was praying for california when that was released you thought that you were praying everybody that called themselves a believer of Christ Jesus was praying and interceding. And what was guaranteed to get legislated and passed in that time got shot down, not just because people went out to vote, but because the saints and the body of Christ said, not on our watch, not on our watch in this era, in this time of season, in this era of, of history. The intercessor has power that is dynamic, that is supernatural, that is anointed, and you can shift things. The error or the, the issue is not that we don't have the power. The issue is that we don't exercise the power often enough to see things turn and change favorably on behalf of the Christian uh, people. Don't believe me, just believe the Bible. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30 says this. This is God speaking to Ezekiel. You need to mark this. You need to put it on, a, uh, on your wall. You need to meditate upon this. It says this. God said, I looked for someone among them who could build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land. And some other versions of the Bible says on behalf of the nation. So I would not have to destroy it. So God is about to bring judgment on Israel because of their idolatry, their false God worship. They've turned their backs on God. They've rejected God. And God says, I'm looking for just one person in the entire nation that would come and stand before me and stand in the gap for my agenda that I might not have to judge the nation. One person. He didn't say, I'm looking for a group. I'm looking for a, a prayer group. I'm looking for a church. He said, I just want one person that will stand in the gap on my behalf he said but I found no one and because God cannot find one intercessor one person to stand in the gap for an entire nation he said I will pour out my wrath on them and consume them with a fiery anger and bring down on their heads all they have done declares the sovereign Lord Judgment was not his desire. Judgment was the result of an intercessor failing to step into their assignment. Do you know the jobs that you are at with satanic and demonic people? That's your assignment to intercede and shift their hearts and turn them away from wickedness into righteousness? Right before we became the pastors of House of Prayer, back in 2002, I was working at a shoe store. I was a manager at a shoe store, and this was the team that I had. 
I had a practicing witch. She was in witchcraft. She declared she had seen demons. I had a backslidden Jehovah's Witness that was a drug addict and an alcoholic. I had another store manager that was bipolar, schizophrenic. I had a young man that was a transgender. He was a man, but he braided his hair and dressed like a female. And then I had another young lady who was a practicing uh, lesbian who had a lesbian partner. That was the team that I worked in the shoe store with. Every morning, I would get up and pray at least an hour for my store before I went to work. And when I was opening the store, I would put worship music. The group next to us was a Muslim clothing store, and they remembered how much worship I, I played that when I became the pastor with my wife of House of Prayer, they said, are you the guy that used to play the Christian music every morning before you open up the store? <laughs> I said, yes, sir, I am guilty. I am, I am the man. Before I left, I had the chance to witness to the witch, to the lesbian, to the transgender, to the alcoholic, drug addict, backslidden Jehovah's Witness, and to the bipolar schizophrenic manager. I had a chance to witness to all of them and pray for every single one of them in the name of Jesus Christ. God sent me on assignment in that place to stand in the gap for the wicked so that one day they would have to say there was a man who worked in this store that witnessed and testified that Jesus Christ is real and now we have no excuse when we stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The intercessor has the power to shift the entire environment and the dynamics of the store. And let me just give you a side note. As I was interceding and praying for the store, we became the number one Timberland store in the entire United States of America. We were not only spiritually ushering and pushing in the kingdom of God, but our sales numbers went through the roof. And they were saying, what are they doing in New Orleans that they're selling $152 shoes more? than anybody else in the whole country. The Holy Spirit invaded because when the intercessor steps into an environment or arena, everything around them must shift and they cannot stay the same. Don't tell me how hard it is at your work. Come on, tell me that you had a crew more motley than the ones that I just named. I was the only Christian in the store. Hallelujah. The fire Bible says, because good people often remain silent because of their fear or compromise, they often miss the opportunity to inspire true revival and help people escape God's judgment. When the church remains silent or prayerless, it allows the wickedness in society to spring forth and overtake communities. Yet, God has given us, the church, the power to stop what is happening around us through prayer and intercession. It doesn't matter what situation you put me in. I know how to grab a hold of heaven and say, Lord, things must shift. Things must change. Things must turn. I am not going to be intimidated by the devil, but I'm going to look the devil in his eyeballs and say, I have been given authority to trail upon serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing by enemy shall harm me. I know who my God is, and he's declared that I will do great exploits in his name. 
That's why David could look at Goliath and say, I'm cutting your head off today in front of everybody. Why? He said, you coming at me with a sword and a spear. I'm coming at you in the name of the Lord, my God. Who are you, you uncircumcised Philistine, that you would rise up and stand and defy the armies of God? Who you think you are? David knew who his God was. He knew who his God was. And he knew the power his God had given him to shift the situation. Saul was running. The people in the nation was running. Everybody was shaking in their boots. But David said, I know who my God is because that's the same God that anointed me to kill the lion. That's the same God that anointed me to kill the bear. And he said, when I step on this battlefield, Goliath, come on, baby, give me a high five. Goliath is going to be just like them. <laughs> Come on, David said, I'm built for this. Look at your name and say, I'm built for this. Come on, Goliath. Oh, yeah, I'm cutting your head off with your own sword. With your sword. I'm cutting your head off with your sword. I'm cutting your head off with your sword. That boy, David, was so bad, he grabbed his head and was walking around with his head. He had, he had Goliath's sword on his hip and his head and his head. Be like, look, this is what happens when you rise up against the armies of God. This is what happens when you rise up against the spirit of the living God. This is what happens. I don't know about you, but I want some giant's heads. Come on. I'm like, come on, devil, bring it. I'm cutting off heads and taking names in Jesus' name. church will you rise up in the name of Jesus and stand in the gap in the power and the authority that God's anointed you with it's time to rise up 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 we're not running no more but we're running to the giant and say I'm coming for you devil coming for you Goliath I'm coming for you I'm coming for you because God has anointed me to take you down so that his kingdom can advance God has anointed me to take you down so that his kingdom can advance Hallelujah. Mm. God has anointed Harvest Church to take down every principality and power and ruler and thing that has exalted itself above the name of Jesus so that Jesus' kingdom can advance. We're not leaving California. We're not going to run to the south and to the east coast. We're going to be ten toes down on the ground and say, come on, Lord. You've anointed me for this hour. You've anointed me for this season. You've anointed me for this moment, oh God. <laughs> Ain't no more running. Your name not Usain Bolt. <laughs> you ain't running. You're not in the track meet. You're warriors. You're kingdom people. 
Come on, look at that banner. It says, contending for the kingdom. What? The kingdom of God. That's what you're contending for. This isn't about the church. It's about the kingdom of God working through the church. Amen. Harvest is going to grow, but we're not stopping there. We are taking over in the name of Jesus. You don't believe it. It's all right. Mm. Oh, man. Back in 99, we used to go out to the French Quarter and this group, the Gutter Punks. They are the, they are the gothic community of New Orleans. And we went out there and we would go every weekend. We would go on Friday and Saturday nights and we would preach and minister. And they hated our guts and all of that. And we just kept interceding and praying and fasting and saying, God, how do we reach this community? Because this is one of the greatest witchcraft drug communities in the whole city. And this is it's just taking over the French Quarter. They were living in abandoned warehouses all over downtown New Orleans. And me and my two buddies were praying from the Bible college and saying, Lord, and God said, oh, so Gabriel, that was the name of the lead gutter punk. He was the gatekeeper for the whole gutter punk community in New Orleans. And we were praying and say, God, give us a key. Give us a strategy of how to reach them. So one night we go out, Gabriel curses us out, and he said, Stop bringing us blank, blank, blank food. Because we were bringing him cheap ham sandwiches from Walmart with old bread because we were broke college students. And in the French Quarter, they had world-class cuisine, so people would eat this, like, $80 plate food and then come out and give it to the gutter punk so we couldn't compete on the food level. And he said, stop bringing us this food. He said, what we need is blankets and different things because we're cold in these warehouses. And the Holy Spirit said, that's it. That's your key. So we, we pulled together our little 5 and $10 that we had. We went to Walmart and brought as many of these little cheap fleece blankets as we could get. And we went out the next weekend and we said, Gabriel, we've come out here to, uh, to, to give blankets to the gutter punks. And he started to cry and he started to weep. And he says, wow. And then he started one by one telling all the gutter punks in New Orleans, he said, these are, these are, he was the gatekeeper. They're cool. You can talk to them. You can talk to them. We started reaching them and ministering to them and praying for them and leading them to Christ and, and, and declaring the gospel and all of these things because God had given us the key because we prayed. We thought the key was food. The key was blankets. But you don't get that intel and that information if you don't stand in the gap and ask God to tell you what you need to unlock your job, your community, your city, your state, or your region. Intercessors arise. Second Chronicles 7, 13 and 14 says this. God says, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I, God, will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sins, and I will heal their land. God presented them with a bad situation. He said, the heavens are shut up. There is no rain. I heard that California had a drought for about seven years. Is that a true statement? 
right? The heavens were shut up. There was no rain. And the locusts will devour the land and send plagues among my people. But God said that the intercessor can shift a bad situation into a good situation. An intercessor can shift a situation of destruction into a favorable situation. He said when the heavens are shut up and the locusts are, are devouring the land and all of these things, bad things are happening. If an intercessor, if someone who is called by his name would humble themselves and pray and seek his face, then God said, I will turn everything around. Not because the people in the land are acting right, but because I found an intercessor to stand in the gap favorably on my behalf to shift everything that's happening around them. Richard Halverson says this, no place is closed to the intercessory, to intercessory prayer. No continent, no nation, no city, no organization, no office, no power on earth can keep intercessors out. Ooh. No, no thing on earth can keep an intercessor out of it. Woo. Come on, I can end the sermon right there and send y'all home. <laughs> Praise God. Arthur Tappan Pearson says this, there's never been a spiritual waking in our country or locality that did not begin in united prayer. You want to know why we're starting to come here on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m.? Because we cannot see a move of God or a shift in this city, this region, or this nation without corporate united prayer. Amen. We could play games. We could pretend like things are changed. We could act like it's all good when it's not. But it's not until we get on our knees and pray and say, Lord, we're crying out to you. That's when things will change. Amen? Listen, we were fighting with the people with the sign outside the structure, and we want them to give us that structure. And we came a week and a half ago, and we prayed about that structure. And they called us back and said, listen, we can't get our trucks out because it's too wet. But for the next 60 days, we will pay for a sign for you to put on the billboard, and we will let you keep the sign and advertise your church for free on our dime. If you will give us just 60 days, I said, praise God. That's beautiful. I told Pastor Gary, 60 days, let's double it. We need 120 from him, first of all. And we're going to continue to pray until they say, you know what? We don't want to sign harvest. It's yours. You can have it. God bless you. So, Father, right now, we pray for Outfront Media, Lord God, that you would touch the CEO, the president, the board of directors, Lord, the sales management team, all management team, that, God, they are going to be visited by Jesus Christ, and they are going to release that sign because the intercessors have prayed and believed you for a miracle so that we can testify that Jesus Christ is Lord of Elk Grove, Sacramento, California, and all the earth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Intercession shifted. He visited them. But we're not done. We ain't selling out cheap. Come on. Thank you for that appetizer, but we want the whole meal. Dessert, coffee, cafecitos. We want it all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Let me stop there. I'm, I'm, I'll hit this next one in the next service. Here's the conclusion. 
Intercession is the act of intervening on behalf of another in prayer. It is one of the most powerful forms of prayer and has served as an ancient remedy for the wickedness of society throughout history. God always looks for an intercessor when he wants to shift a nation or a people group from wickedness to righteousness. Today, may God make you an intercessor and a prayer warrior. May he make you a people who seek his face and cause earth to turn towards him through your prayers in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast. We pray that today's message has touched your heart and encouraged your spirit. We believe that the word of God has the power to transform our lives and inspire us to be better versions of ourselves. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more inspirational messages. Until next time, may the good Lord bless you. And we look forward to seeing you at one of our weekend services and sharing with you once again next week.